The Project Tribute Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our nation's first responders. Our vision and mission is to enhance the life-saving capabilities of our first responders through raising awareness and funding for the life-saving work that they do. Our goal with the podcast is to be an educational avenue and a method for our heroes to express themselves. In the podcast, we will discuss various tough subjects. Some of the subjects may be uncomfortable or controversial. Our guests have the right to share their thoughts and ideas and for our listeners to hear the unedited words of our guests. The Foundation's role is to showcase a diverse array of thoughts and opinions within the first responder community. If you hear something that you do not agree with, please consider reaching out to us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com and join our podcast. If you're a first responder and you would like to share your story, we truly would love to hear from you and learn from your experiences. Please enjoy this week's show, and as always, like, comment, and share to help us grow. You can find more information at www.projecttribute.com. Thanks, and have a great one. Hello, this is James Waltham again with Project Tribute Podcast. We're back here again with our special guest, John Wayne. All right, John. So today, um, so could you tell the public what you do for your full-time gig? Uh, I'm an EMT for a local ambulance service. All right. That's a really cool job. It goes hand-in-hand with your um, your rural fire job as well that you have. Kind of obviously different skill sets, but both have the medical aspect right. in there. And yep. both are first responder jobs. Um, so how long have you been, um, working for an ambulance service? Uh, well, I've been in EMT for just about a year now. Uh, I started out as an EMR. EMR is just your entry level into, uh, emergency medicine. It's the, just the stepping stone that you step on to say, I want to get into this. It's a shorter, less invasive class. Where are you as an EMR? Are you in the ambulance or? Uh, so as an EMR, so a lot of your, uh, firefighters, that's what they have is just a emergency medical, uh, responder. Gotcha. Uh, but you can work for some EMS agencies as an EMR. It's just very, the reins are really pulled on what you're allowed to do other than be able to drive the ambulance. Um, okay. So EMRs drive the ambulance a lot then. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, but obviously uh, that difference with each differs right. with each agency. Uh, an EMR cannot have sole patient care in the back of an ambulance. Gotcha. Okay. So really, you can assist your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And drive. Okay. Cool. But you, it gives you the a, a basic general minimum seven years ago. Okay. Uh, for the agency that I'm currently full time employed with, um, and recently, I decided. Hey, I want to go get my EMT so I can do more. I can better myself. Uh, and I class and that's awesome. Heck yeah. What, uh, how long is that? So does the stepping stone go EMR, EMT, paramedic then? Uh, or? so it's EMR, EMT, advanced EMT and paramedic. Okay. Uh, you don't Straight to a local tech school okay. and start as an EMT. Okay. But it's just kind of a personal preference. Yeah. I, at the time I got my EMR, I did it more for the fire service. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that I would work on this full time. Yeah. Heck yeah. What, um, so what all goes into, we've talked about this previously before, 
um, podcast, but he said it, it's a lot of hours for your EMT, right? Yeah. So the EMT is somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred and where the EMR was 66 hours. Okay. So of class. So basically over double. Yeah. Or, it's, yeah. it's double EMT EMR to EMT is double the class hours. Do you, um, do you have more hours if you don't start out as an EMR? No, the, it just kind of gives you an advantage or it did me or I felt like it did me okay. because I kind of had the foundation of what I was getting myself into where I see a lot of people get into, go straight to EMT school and they don't have a clue what they're getting into. Uh, what is this? <laughs> As more, I, I had the foundation work done and then I was able to focus on, you know, the thing, the newer things. Yeah. What, uh, so you're, are you an EMT right now? I am an EMT right now. Gotcha. Um, and started advanced EMT school last night. Okay. Advanced EMT is the step right below paramedic. Yes. It's in gotcha. between EMT and paramedic. And that's another one of those things where you don't have to go from EMT to advanced EMT to paramedic. You can go from EMT to paramedic. Okay. My preferences and my learning styles. Yeah. I felt like taking the step to advanced EMT next instead of going straight to paramedic was okay. the best fit for me. Is it is the same thing? Is it a, a little over double the hours to go from EMT to advanced EMT? Uh, advanced EMTs, well, I just read this last night, I should know. Uh, <laughs> advanced EMT is about the same length as EMT. Okay. Are you going and, over the same stuff or no? It's, you'll go, we'll go, we'll go over a lot of this to that. Hey, you're up to date on this knowledge and this information, but then they're going to add a whole lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to do a little bit more advanced skills and provide a little bit better care. Okay. With um, now with EMT though, can you provide sole patient care in the back of an ambulance? Yes, you can. Okay. As an EMT, you can have sole patient care in the back of an ambulance. So okay. that's a, we call those a BLS truck, basic life support. Okay. So you can, there, it's a least invasive, but like our paramedic trucks are ALS, advanced life support. Oh, I see. I, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that there was two different kinds of levels of trucks. I thought it was all kind of the same. They all had the same equipment in them and stuff. Right. Well, they all have the same equipment. Okay. But it's just what the provider in the truck can provide. Got you. Okay. So... As a BLS basic life support truck with two EMTs on it, yeah, you can't provide pain meds. Uh, uh, whereas with an ALS paramedic truck, you can provide advanced airways, pain meds, cardiac drugs, yeah, and things of that nature. And all the ambulances, at least for the agency I work for, has all the same equipment and all the same medications on it. It's just your ability to use those. Okay. So the advanced EMTs kind of right there in the middle. Yeah. They're going to, I'll be able to do some advanced things, but. And what would be considered advanced things? Like, are we talking about like open up a, and uh, forgive me, <laughs> they'd be able to like open up a trach in the back of an ambulance or something like that? No. Or, what well, One of the bigger deals that uh, is the advanced airway as far as uh, endotracheal innovation. Okay. What is that? <laughs> that that's where you take a, a device called lorenzoscope. 
Okay. You stick it in the mouth and you add a tube. Yes. To okay. the airway. Okay. So like if you see somebody on a ventilator. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that tube that goes in their, in their mouth goes into their airway. Okay. And so an advanced EMT at that level. Heavy, yeah. And provides some medications and uh, IV therapies that way. Is there, uh, what is the thing where they like, then this is from watching too much TV, <laughs> but like where they basically insert the tube like here, right? The, if their it, airways blocked, right? This, what is that? That's called a crike. A crike. See, I had no idea. I thought that R was just called right. a crike. That, yeah, that, <laughs> that is, uh, I only know two people that's ever uh, attempted that at the paramedic level. Okay. Um, so that is a so very, it's a pretty entity. Yeah, you, you know, you, you watch the TV and you see the person take the ink pen and the you know, exactly. Yeah. Knife and like, eh. yeah. you know, it, we got to open up his it, airway. Ah. <laughs> it's a lot more invasive and a lot more goes into it than that. Gotcha. But that okay. is something that's going to be down the road for, for me. Sure. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um. Once I get to the point and decide to move on to paramedic, but so. a paramedic technically could do that yes if, it if it's for. in their protocols yes okay so. interesting okay now when you say protocols is that like your old policy and procedure type thing or uh yeah kind of kind of thing well as as medical clinicians we in the back of that truck yes we have an emt license we have an advanced emt license or a paramedic license but we work under a doctor so a, a doctor has wrote okay. out a list of protocols okay. based on hundreds of situations okay. on what level, depending on your level of licensures, what you can do yeah. for that patient. And that doctor says that you can do this wow. writing. So then we don't have to call the doctor and be like, you know, if hey, this ever, is the situation, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you've ever watched the TV show Emergency, yes, you see them and they call the hospital on every patient mm -hmm. and they get doctor's orders for everything. Well, now, instead of calling the doctor every time, we have it in writing beforehand for er for Man, numbers no of situations wow. yeah. that says you take this situation and you treat this situation this way. Yeah. Now, there are still situations where you call yeah. and then that doctor's going to say, okay, I want you to do this. Yeah. And, you know, then you just document it as such. I made contact with medical control. They told me to do this. I did this. Yeah. Patient was, you know, improved or unchanged or whatever based on whatever they told you to do. Okay. Man, that. I had no idea <laughs> it was that advanced. That's so interesting. Yeah. Learned, so learning something. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then there's a general set. Uh, they're called state protocols. Okay. So the state of Oklahoma has a set of protocols. And a EMT level treats this patient like this, this patient like this, this like this. What takes priority, the state or the? Whatever your, whatever your medical director. Okay. Uh, the doctor that signed off on you. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we, fill out, we fill out a piece of paper. And at whatever agency that you work for, and it has your level of licensure and it has hundreds of different mm -hmm. interventions yep. is what we call them. When you do something for a patient, it's called an intervention okay. and it has hundreds of different interventions. And mm -hmm. then your medical director sign checks that can these interventions. Wow. That, that is super fascinating. Um, I had no idea that there was a, I mean, it makes sense when you explain it. But yeah. I had no idea there was a system like right. that. Um, 
man, how how often does that um, update, or do you get a new protocol or something like that? Uh, or is it just like a standardized thing? It's fairly standard, I would say, but okay. there are situations. Because surely it must differ as, from doctor to doctor, right? Well, it, it's what the doctor is comfortable. The list I was talking about is individual protocols. Okay. So is that kind of like, hey, um, you got somebody who let's, let's just say broke their arm, and you like look up protocol for person with broken arm? Is that kind of how it is? Well, like really yeah, simple down. Yeah, okay. pretty much, and it, it says you treat like that, but. On the individual side of it, a doctor can sign off on me to do these skills, but maybe this person is not very good or competent in this skill. And yeah. then oh, wow, it goes really it, it, You can get, I mean, it, it's a rabbit hole we can go down forever. Wow. And okay. I don't know everything about it. Yeah. I'm I'm working my way up into. So not only are there this. protocols, but there are specific protocols for every person working for these. Yes medical agency right man that's fascinating who goodness gracious that before the protocol thing you guys must did the doctor ever get any sleep i mean he's getting contacted <laughs> on every well, call time so thing uh hey what you, what do you think about this hey you, you just you call your your destination facility you may not call that specific hospital in your area like we do yeah. that we transport 90 percent of our patients to yeah. And then you have questions or you, you call that hospital and the, you know, when the secretary answers the phone, you say, I'm so-and-so, yeah. I need to talk to the doc. Wow. And then okay. the doc comes, gets on the phone, you tell them what's going on, and then they tell you what they want. Hmm. That is, that is so fascinating. Um, now, there's another thing with um, trauma centers that I did not know. I thought it was kind of like, hey, if it rebuild like in the middle of a poorly lit area, you know, obviously that's not going to be a, a facility that can handle a lot of things, but um, if it looks like a hospital, it can do most things, but there's actually different trauma. Is that how it goes? Is trauma level center or right. something like that? Right. And so the specific level of trauma to a person, like a severed limb to a, I don't know, like a broken finger or something like that. There's different, only certain places can treat certain things to an extent. Yeah. Right. So actually far to get to a proper trauma center for that specific problem right. the person's having. Right. And in our case, that's what we do Yeah. for the agency that I work with. If we have a priority one trauma, which is the highest or right, which okay. is a gotcha. high level trauma. Okay. Um, and we take them to, we don't take them to our local hospital down the road. Yeah. We take them way down the road. You have to take them to the Tulsa metro area, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where we take our trauma patients. Obviously, you guys are running lights and sirens, so you're going pretty quick. But, I mean, like, man, how do you get somebody stabilized in the back of that thing to where they can stay, you know, together for that whole ride? <laughs> yeah. So, the... A lot of on some on some of that, depending on the uh, mechanism of injury, what caused this trauma, you know, your your fire department will generally have already started. Um, and then you come out, you get there on an ambulance and you take over and mm -hmm. you try you and you just get going down the road. Just got to go. Like we got to go know. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's we got to go. Uh, you try to limit your scene time. 
yeah for the, sure. the amount of time on scene because uh trauma is a medical disease yeah or is a surgical disease yeah so generally trauma requires surgery mm-hmm. well we can't do surgery in the back of an ambulance so we yeah. need to get them to a, a facility can do. that can yeah. do that man that's intense um so man i tell you what we've been we've been talking i just want to jump into um it, i mean it's a cool career field to go into right like oh, it's yeah. a cool branch of the first responder family what excuse me what would you tell somebody or what advice would you give to somebody that wants to um get started in the uh ems medical section of being a first responder uh, the first thing I would say is, and this goes for any branch of first response, is you got to have a servant's heart yeah. for whoever you show up to help. If, oh, absolutely. If you're not, you're not going to be good at your job. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, you can do like I did. I started in the volunteer fire world, mm-hmm. which led me to EMS. Um, but a lot of your tech schools in your area they provide EMT classes once or twice a year. Where would you go to get your EMR? Like, say you want to start out at the the lowest tier. You know, you're working a full-time job. You can't commit to the full EMT, but you want to get started as an EMR. Online thing that you can do? Or no, that that, most of those are offered through your volunteer fire agencies. Gotcha. Okay. Because um, the, thing, the thing about any of these levels of licensure that you have... Um, you're like I mentioned earlier, you're operating under a doctor's orders mm-hmm. with everything that you're taught. Yeah. So you have to have be affiliated with an agency to oh, have medical direction yeah. in order to operate, to okay. be able to use those skills. Yeah. Okay. So essentially, if you want to start out from the very bottom and get your feet wet before you get your whole body wet, go look for a volunteer service. Yes. Join on there, get your feet wet in there, get your basic EMR, and then go from there. Right. Basically, right. Or, you know, we have several people, they just jump right into the EMT. And that can be and, done usually at tech schools and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. And you don't have to have much, you know, prior to, they'll, they'll help you get everything you need. But the thing is with that is once you get your registry EMT, you can't do anything with it until you're affiliated with an agency and operate under medical direction. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's a good point to know. Okay. So even when you get it, you still have to join the agency before you can, before you can use the skills learned. How well, and you may not know this, but how well to, cause I know some people think they have the intention of being like a nurse or something like that. Right. Right. So I see quite a few people, a lot of my um, personal friends, they'll start out side. How do any of those levels, EMR, EMT, advanced EMT, paramedic, do any of those transfer really well to uh, nursing? Obviously it probably wouldn't help out as far as reducing the school time or anything like that. But is there a certain level that gets you really good for nursing school or? Well, so I actually have a partner that I work with on, on a regular basis mm-hmm. that he's a uh, paramedic. Mm-hmm. And he's going to RN school. Nice. Okay. Awesome. And he there's a bridge program. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Paramedic and LPN. Gotcha. 
So yeah. if you have an LPN or a paramedic, you can bridge to RN. Nice. Okay. And get into the that the nursing side of it. a little bit faster. I don't know that it's necessarily faster, but you at you least get, come in with knowledge. Well, you go in with knowledge, and I feel like you get that emergency care side of it from working in an ambulance. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, well, we do the same job, but we do it. The unpredictable setting. Yes. Right. Yes. Going down yeah. the highway at, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour. I totally agree. In a, in a small confined space. I, I, I get it. And that, that's not a knock to um, people that provide medical care in hospitals, but factually there is a difference between being in a confined space, moving 80 miles an hour oh, yeah. down the road to being in a hospital room. Yeah. We, so, We've we've been on calls, and say an um, a motor vehicle accident. Mm-hmm. There and there's helping and rendering aid. Oh yeah, and then they are going to ride with us in the ambulance to the ER. Yeah, and then when it's all said and done, and they work in an ER on a daily basis. Yeah, and then they're like, I don't know how you do your job. <laughs> You're like. You get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't have a big, nice room with all this space and no. all this equipment. And, and there's only a limited amount of staff. I mean, you're in a moving vehicle. Yeah. So it's just the people that are there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't you there's, can't call for more people down there. No, you're it. It's that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey Joe, hold his legs. <laughs> Come on, man. Because that's the other part of it too, is sometimes you have people fight you in the back of that thing. Yes. I've been in, I know because I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I've I'm been like, in a few. They of those are lately. trying to help you. Will you stop? And they're yeah. like, ah. Yeah. yeah. So it, it can get wild. Man, what what a good segment. I think uh super informative, super informative. Hell, I learned a, a lot of things myself just sitting here. Um, so that another great segment. Uh thank you all for for listening. I hope you guys again this is a true special guest. Don't worry. Alright. You guys take care. This podcast is hosted by the Project Tribute Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our first responders. Thank you for listening. For more information on our efforts, check us out at www.projecttribute.com. If you're a first responder that would like to share your story, contact us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com. You can find us on various social media and podcast sites by searching the Project Tribute Foundation. 100% of donations are used to save lives while our retail store pays for any of our operational costs. Thank you again, and please be sure to like us, follow us, and share our foundation with your friends. Thank you, and have a great day.